Welcome to Talking for the Health of It with Permanente Medicine. I'm James Boyle, health engagement trainer. And I'm Amy Kaiser, health promotion educator. We both work on the health engagement team here at the Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group. Today, with the help of Dr. Hernandez, we will be talking about the importance of life care planning and the process of completing an advanced directive. I'm also a trained life care planning facilitator and support our virtual life care planning classes. Amy, I'm wondering if you could start by sharing an overview. What is life care planning? So the process of life care planning is planning for your future wishes for medical care in the event that you were ever unable to communicate for yourself. And life care planning isn't limited to specific populations. Life care planning is for everyone. So regardless of your current age or health status, life care planning is a great opportunity for you to think and discuss and document what your medical wishes are into an advanced directive. And when you're in the process of completing life care planning, you'll also choose a healthcare agent. And that's someone who will be a trusted friend or family member with whom you've discussed your wishes, and they will be the person who steps in on your behalf if you're unable to. So all in all, the process of life care planning exists to ensure that your wishes are known to your doctor and your medical team so they can provide you with the care that you would want for yourself. And it gives you and your family a peace of mind to know that your wishes will be fulfilled if you're unable to make decisions on your own. A great place to start with life care planning is by visiting our life care planning site at kp.org slash life care planning. You can find the link in the description for this episode. And I encourage you to consider sharing or reviewing the site together with your family or friends. Okay, so life care planning allows me to communicate my wishes with my healthcare team and my family uh, in the case that I'm not able to communicate them myself uh, due to a sudden injury or illness. Um, but I think of myself as someone who is healthy and responsible. Why would someone like me need to do this? Even if you are healthy and responsible, we talked about the unexpected, and there's no way to know what life has in store for us. And even though it's not fun to think about being in an accident or becoming suddenly ill and being unable to communicate, um, particularly I think about how challenging making decisions for others can be when you don't know what they want. So this life care planning process is a gift to your family. It provides them and your healthcare team with guidance when it comes to your healthcare. Right. We can't predict the future. And if something were to happen, uh, my friends and family will feel better knowing for sure what I would want. So what do I need to do? What's involved in life care planning? Basically, there are three main parts to life care planning, and those are deciding your future wishes for healthcare, choosing a healthcare agent, and putting that information into a document called an advanced directive. And a good first step to take in life care planning is to have a conversation with yourself about what matters most to you. 
Most people don't think about their future wishes for healthcare, and it can be a really difficult step to take. So start by considering things like your religious and cultural identities and thinking about what you might have learned from an experience with a loved one who had a sudden illness or injury. You might want to take a look at the advanced directive document for the region you live in and discuss it with your primary care doctor. This can be a challenging topic and you don't have to have all the answers just to get started. Yeah, it sounds like a lot to think about, but you said, I don't need to figure it out all at once. You had mentioned looking at the advanced directive document or talking to my doctor might be a good place to start. And I also heard you say, I need to choose a healthcare agent. What does a healthcare agent do? Your healthcare agent is the person who will make medical decisions for you if you are unable to communicate. And note that your healthcare agent will only be able to step in and make decisions for you in the event that you are unable to communicate your wishes for yourself. So your healthcare agent can be a friend, a family member, or just somebody else that you trust. And know that being a healthcare agent might seem like a big responsibility to some. So make sure that you ask your potential healthcare agent if they're comfortable with the role and then discuss your values and wishes with them. Earlier, you talked about documenting our wishes when it comes to our healthcare and our lives and sharing it with our family and our chosen healthcare agent. Uh, why do I need to do this? I feel like my family knows what I would want. And that's a great question. And it's a common assumption to say that you think your family knows what you would want. But it's important not to take that for granted and to still have a conversation about what you would want. And if a healthcare agent is not identified in your advanced directive, the default is to go by your state's laws. And that could leave someone who is estranged or distant from you to make your medical decisions. So I think I have a healthcare agent in mind, someone who'd be willing to be my healthcare agent. How would I go about? starting this conversation with them? It can be difficult to start a conversation with your healthcare agent, but a great place to start is just by finding some time to talk about this topic with a person that you have in mind. And you might want to use a copy of an advanced directive to guide your conversation. And you can share situations when or if you'd like to receive CPR and life-sustaining treatment. You can talk about what spiritual or religious ceremonies you want at the time of death, what you'd want to happen to your body after death, and talk about your feelings about where you'd prefer to die. And then you can ask them how they feel about making decisions in difficult situations and if they would be able to honor your wishes, even if your wishes are different from theirs. Where can I go if I need help? with completing my life care planning? If you need help, you can talk with your primary care physician um, or Kaiser Permanente also offers a virtual life care planning class that reviews the process of life care planning and completing an advanced directive too. And so once I filled out this advanced directive, what happens if I change my mind uh, about what I want in a few months or a few years. 
The great thing about the advanced directive document is that it can be updated at any time. And try remembering the five Ds, which are decade, death, divorce, diagnosis, and decline in health. And it's important after major events like those to review your advanced directive and make changes as needed. And at those times, you may choose to change your healthcare agent or update your wishes to reflect your current values. And once I've filled out my advanced directive, uh, what else do I need to do? So once your document has been completed, signed, and witnessed, you can scan and upload the document to your kp.org account by visiting kp.org slash advanced directive. And if you don't have access to a scanner, you can either fax the document to one 855 889-3320, or you could take it to a Kaiser Permanente Medical Center with a HIMS department. That's H-I-M-S, HIMS. And to find a medical center with a HIMS department near you, you can call member services at 703-359-7878. And you can find these numbers and other information about uploading your advanced directive in the description for this episode. Great. Thank you, Amy, for walking me through that. So let's invite Dr. Hernandez into the conversation to speak about the value of life care planning from his experience as a physician. Hi, Amy and James. My name is uh, Gennaro Hernandez. I am double board certified in internal medicine and geriatric medicine with the uh, Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group. I see patients in primary care in Abingdon Medical Center and at the Lutherville Timonia Medical Center where I work in the memory care program. So I'm thinking about completing advanced directive and I'm wondering, you know, why complete an advanced directive? It seems like a really hard thing to do. It sounds like there's a lot of steps. Um, Why should someone complete an advanced directive especially if they feel like their family knows what they want. uh, They don't feel, you know, they're they're feeling healthy. They're not feeling like uh, this is something they need. What what would you say? It's a great question. And really, you know, an advanced care directive is a, you know, written instructions of the care that you want to receive if you're really seriously ill or dying. And it's an official document of um, that states what type of medical care you want if you're really ill or even at the end of life. And it's important to let your family know what your wishes are. Um, There's a saying, we can't plan for everything, but we can talk about what's most important. Um, And it's really a gift for um, one's one's, um, family to really be at peace of mind that, that that they're doing what you would want them to do. We really um, want patients to talk about is one is their, who their healthcare agent is and defining what their values are which uh, some questions that we ask um, that is most important to ask um, and answer is what matters to them the most. Um, Life would no longer be living if I were not able to do X, Y, and Z. Um, But it is important also to discuss and share situations if you would want CPR or life-sustaining treatment. Um, It is helpful to know this. Um, And now, like I had mentioned in the beginning, um, not every situation is known, but um, we can't plan for everything, but we can talk about what's most important. 
So yeah, these conversations are very challenging and none of us, you know, when we're born have it, have training on how to have these conversations. Um, and sometimes it can be awkward. And so, um, What's a great uh, resource that I found is it's from the Institute of Healthcare Improvement, and it's called The Conversation Project. Um, and this is a great website on how to have a conversation um, with your loved ones. There's actually actually a conversation starter guide, uh, which it takes you step by step on how to have start a conversation. Um, also on this website is a guide to choosing a, a healthcare agent, you know. And the other thing I think is, is very important for the, someone who is the healthcare agent is a guide to being a, a healthcare agent. Sometimes we're thinking about this conversation being started by the person who's starting life care planning. So for example, I'm, uh, I'm completing life care planning. I'm talking with my uh, possible, my potential healthcare agent. I'm talking with my family about what I want, but sometimes it's, folks within the family or friends who are approaching that person and uh, starting that conversation with them. Is that right? That's so true. And, and this is why, um, you know, as a, you know, permanent medicine physician, we really try to promote life care planning to really, or all members and regardless of their age or health status is because oftentimes it is the family member who brings us up and sees the importance of this Um you know, me being in healthcare, fortunately, um, and my mom, unfortunately, having um, many medical issues, I saw that it was very important for, for me to bring it up. Um, and so it was actually me who initiated the conversation. And often I see with my patients, it's not them who is initiating that conversation. It's their son or daughter, or even their spouse, who's saying like, hey, we really need to talk about this, because if something happens, what are we going to do? Um, so I would say over half of the time, it's, it's a loved one who, who often brings this up. I'm wondering if you could talk more about starting this conversation with your mom and uh, maybe walk us through like what that conversation looked like. What were the things that you all talked about? Yeah. And so it was a series of, of conversations um, that was started and it was, I knew doing it all in one sitting maybe was too much um, and, and then having uh, little conversations over time. But it first started as, you know, hey, mom, we, we love you and we care for you. And um, we just want to know, God forbid, if anything were to happen to you and you get really sick and maybe not maybe able to make those decisions for yourself, um, you know, what would you want? Um, and um, she was very hesitant initially to kind of talk about it. It's like, oh, you know, why are you talking about this? Uh, it might bring it on, you know. Um, and then I, I um, had brought up a document and I actually went. Uh, page by page on, you know, on uh, at least discussing it with her um, and having that conversation. And that conversation, although, you know, um, didn't have all the details in there, but the fact that she was a little bit more comfortable, at least discussing the idea, I think brought peace to her, you know, and a little bit, and it was for her a little bit less scary to have that conversation. Um, for me, it was, you know, helpful just to hear, um, you know, situations where she would maybe want to be more aggressive with care and in other situations not. So you all sat down uh, and you, you said initially that she was resistant to have the conversation at first. And so you spent this time doing it in small bites and, and 
part of what you said was helpful was having that advanced directive document in front of you um, to help guide your conversation. Is that right? Yes, that the having the document um, is very important in at least um, having a guide on what we can initially uh, discuss about um, and they can we can look at together. So that document uh, that was helpful in at least initiating that that conversation. So Dr. Hernandez, if you had to give a quick elevator pitch as to why life care planning is important and valuable, what would you say? Life care planning is important to give your family members a peace of mind and to let them know what you want in a critical illness or in a time where, um, where you're really sick and cannot make decisions for yourself, uh, that it's a true gift to your family members and to yourself. Thank you to Dr. Hernandez for taking the time to talk with us today, and thank you for listening. We hope you check back in with us for future episodes on wellness topics and specials covering specific areas of health. This has been Talking for the Health of It, and we'll talk to you next time.